listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we are sitting in the middle of the coronavirus epidemic in an extremely unsettling time. And today's podcast is all about the first rule of the game is staying in the game. And the idea of this podcast is to give you, our listeners, a whole heap of pointers for how you and your businesses right now can be taking proactive steps to ensure that you are staying in the game. And in order to talk about this topic, I have on the show Michael McGrath from Oasis M&A. Michael has been in business since the age of 23 spending more than 25 years starting, building, buying and selling a range of private companies, including food, manufacturing, recruitment, publishing, retail and distribution. He's now the founder and CEO of Oasis M&A Sydney that advises shareholders of private companies around succession and exit strategies. And today, Michael and I reflect on what is happening in these current times, uh, reflect on the approaches that many of our clients are taking uh, that can lead to different results and take a walk through looking at some of these areas of what owners of businesses should do when they're seriously under pressure and threatened, which of course is almost every business at the moment. We look at the practical steps businesses can take. We look at dealing with banks, staff, stakeholders. We talk about understanding your numbers and in particular, we look at the benefit of proactively creating an action plan for your business and how to do that, even when the future feels uncertain. So buckling in, here we go. Here's our discussion with Michael McGrath from Oasis M&A. Hi, Mike. Welcome to Talking Law. Hi, Joanna. Great to have you on board. Okay, so I absolutely love the name of our topic today in a very uncertain world that we're sitting in at the moment. First rule of the game is stay in the game. <laughs> that's uh, that's got it. I, I have to credit you with that title. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm not even sure where I got that from, but I've always used that. It's always very grounding, isn't it? The idea that uh, survival yeah. is, is the number one goal. Exactly. Yeah. And and we are sitting, you know, I'm not sure when it is that you're listening to this podcast, but Mike and I are here talking um, right in the middle of the throes of um, the coronavirus at the moment, right in the middle of uncertainty for businesses all around us um, who are wondering what do they do now? Mike, what you work with a number of businesses and you work with businesses both in exit mode, but not just in exit mode, also working them through the strategy of the business. Is that right? Maybe if you could step yes, us yes. through how, how you work with businesses. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we, we have a transaction business and, and we do a lot of M&A work and predominantly that's on the sell side, but we do some buy side as well. So, we, we and that, trans, you know, that's been a long legacy of ours going a long way back. But we've 
in the last couple of years, we've been, um, we've always done advisory work probably in Australia for the last 10 or 12 years, but that's really grown a lot in the last couple of years where we've begun to work with owners that are looking for strategic import and they're looking for advice and guidance and support, from a, often from a non-exec point of view. So often from a you know, slightly removed, you know, improving their governance, improving organisation, reorganisation, whatever you call it. And then there's, and then so we've done a fair, a fair bit of that. And then there's the kind of business that maybe wants to sell in the next three to five years, but wants to try and optimize what they're doing to make sure that, you know, that that eventual exit goes well. And we've, we've, you know, we've got a number of those sorts of clients. So we've got some good skills in, in how to run a business. You know, I'm, I've been in business now for 35 years. I've, I've started and built and sold a number of my own companies. And so, you know, we've got sort of deep skills, particularly around um, strategy and, you know, where to play and how to win really mm, in a market. Mm. And owners are not often able to pull on those sorts of resources in a right size, cost-effective way. And so we developed this service that allows us to do that. And I've really enjoyed doing it. I've I work with some fantastic people. You know, small to medium-sized business owners are, are salt of the earth, really. Mm. And they, you know, they're hardworking. Mm. They, you know, they love their staff. They love what they do. Mm. Uh, and we just try and make sure we're useful and, and in helping them, you know, maybe professionalize a bit, stiffen up a bit, get a little bit more organized, uh, particularly around planning and forecasting and finance. And, you know, that can be done very cost-effectively in our view. And I share with you an absolute love of the SME market and dealing with founders and owners in the SME market. And what I'm seeing at the moment, I'm seeing, you know, businesses who are running the gamut all the way from businesses who who actually have had a boost to their business because they're uh, they're online or they they're they're well positioned for for some of these areas that have boomed a bit through the coronavirus but the majority of businesses are sitting somewhere in the either really poorly you know badly affected they're you know they've had to stand down all of their staff they've had complete revenue you know one client I was speaking to yesterday has had 90% of their revenue fall away now that's a massive 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 business But, you know, even even businesses that aren't directly impacted but have clients or in areas that are impacted are also therefore impacted themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just that that's a little bit slower to flow through. And I'm seeing two different camps. I'm seeing business owners that are just really anxious about what's going on at the moment because they feel they have, A, no control and, B, no real compass. You know, they don't know how to deal with the situation, they're not sure what to do next. And then the other group of business owners and managers who have just been right off the bat really uh, strongly into setting plans, you know, even when those plans are negotiating with landlords, organising stand downs, you know, dealing with their costs, trying to find contracts that they can terminate. But, you know, taking steps appears to feed into the maybe the optimism, the general energy and feeling that each of these business owners have, not so much the actual financial impact on the business, which I find is really interesting. So maybe um, maybe if you can give us your insights at the moment, Mike, what are you seeing across the board in, in the different clients that you have on board? Look, I think the first thing to say, right, is that there are 30 million people employed in Australia and 
well over 50%, 52%, 53% are employed by small to medium-sized enterprise. So, you know, to a very large extent, small businesses are the engine of the economy. And, you know, they're, you know the great bulk of those people are employed in businesses, about 90% of them are employed in businesses with less than 20 people. And so by our very nature, those of us who are running those kinds of smaller businesses, we don't have the resources. And we don't have the balance sheet strength that other larger companies have got. So no wonder people are feeling vulnerable. Yeah. And I think it's okay. I mean, this is unprecedented. I've been, I've been in business since I was 23. So this is 35 years now in business. And, and I've, I've, you know, I, was, I was around for that 1980 recession when I left school in the UK and unemployment was 10%. I was around for the 1990 recession uh, where, you know, the recession we had to have, I think interest rates were 16 or 17%. And I was very overexposed at that point with a big overdraft with Barclays Bank in the UK. Mm. And so, you know, I spent two years trying to recover from that and uh, save the business effectively. And it, we, we were on a knife edge, a complete mm. knife edge mm. for quite a sustained period of time. So I've been through some stuff, but this is, I've never seen the likes of this. I mean, literally, Joanna, in three weeks, we went from the economy's going full pelt to the economy's kind of been switched off. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. And that's unprecedented. So, you know, what we have got as a small business is we seem to have a government that's really getting this. And there's some stimulus available, and we need to be across that as owners and make sure we're. We're using the stimulus and we're doing the planning that you referred to earlier. And we're trying to be as logical as we can. We've got to manage our emotions because we've got stakeholders and we've got customers. We've got, we've got staff. You know, we've got our families. There's a whole bunch of people that are stakeholders for us. And we've got to step up mm. and be resilient and manage our emotions and make sure that we, we're logical and that we just keep doing the next right thing, whatever that is. No one really knows how this is going to look mm. in the next six to nine months or, mm. or, or longer. And all you've got is today, effectively. So my view is be as constructive as you can today and start getting into action because you're not going to think your way through this, mm. you, but you're going to act your way through it, I think. And, and s sometimes that's just doing the next right thing, whatever that is. It, yeah, but, so, so let's, like, drill into that. So, so what does that mean in a really practical perspective? What are some examples okay. that you're working through with businesses? I've got, I'm on the board of 10 private companies. All 10 of them, I'm forced to ask the question, right, where are we now? Okay, mm. so we get that anyway. We've got monthly meetings. We know where we're up until the end of February. It was largely business as usual. So March began to see the first impact, mm. right? So we began to look at March very closely. And then we said, okay, what's going to happen in April, May, and June for us? We've, all the clients have, have got a budget. So the question is, how soft will it be? Now, different clients are in different sectors, and there's a different answer to that question. Yeah. You've got to ask that question. How soft will revenues get and why in the next quarter? And the next question is, let's look at our debtors. Let's do a risk assessment on our debtors. Which debtors are going to pay us in the mm. next quarter? Mm. And which might not be able to pay us? Mm. And then you come up with some numbers. And of the, and it's grade six maths. It's not complicated, this. Mm. You know, people want to overcomplicate it, but the revenue less the cost is the profit or the loss. Let's, uh, you know, let's just, so once you've done that, you say, right, okay, well, what do we now do? That's giving us a hole in our, in our revenues. And then we look at our cost side and say, okay, what can we cut? Mm. And, you know, what, what is an appropriate response 
to this, after we've factored in the stimulus, after we've factored in our debtors and what we can do on the creditor side, after we've had a look at how soft revenues might get, then we're left with the call of, okay, what do we cut? And, you know, one of my guys, James, found $45,000 worth of savings that we could make almost immediately that don't really impact our business. I mean, some of them we're paying for stuff that are just clung to us. I mean, costs cling to a business like barnacles cling to a bottom of a bank, right? So they just turn up, right? right? So it's a bloody good time to get rid of those costs. And all of these right? random subscriptions, you know. And, yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, of course, this week where we're talking right now, Mike, not the week that this is released, hopefully this will be released next week, but um, this week has um, seen announcements in relation to um, uh, commercial tenancies and yes. announcements obviously in relation to measures like the job seeker measure. And there's all sorts of things, I guess, that you really need to be on top of. Yes. What can you do yes. with your lease? What do you need to do with your workforce and you need to be making quick early calls on those sorts of things so that you can uh, build as quick a buffer as possible into some of those costs areas, I guess. Yes. And and so I think acting early is important. Time is your enemy right? in, in a crisis. So yeah, yeah. Speed is an asset. And and so I think what once you've figured out how bad it looks and then you start overlaying the stimulus, you're probably still going to end up with a negative number, right? And that's the bit where that's that's got to drive your cost cutting, right? So when you've done everything you can, what are you left with? Is it negative? Okay, what are you going to cut to make, to make that? Or you go and see the bank, right? And if you've invested in that relationship, and, you know, the banks can do certain things. They're still the banks, right? They're not equity investors, but there's never been a better time to show up at the bank with a Absolutely. good logical plan. So the, the test with the bank is, is it bankable, right? Would I bank it in normal times? And 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 I, and I say, so you've got to put a plan together mm. that makes sense to them and is logical. And I think, you know, there are various things they can do. They've got the cookie jar. Mm. No point moaning about the banks. They got the cookie jar. We need some of it. So mm. get in line and put a good case together that says, look, this is what we've done. This is where we're going, and this is what we need a bit of help with. Mm. How you fixed? And and I think that they will do what they can. And then I think you once you've done that exercise for Q4, then mm. I think you repeat it mm. in Q1 and two, and you say, right, what does one and two look like? And 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 you've got to have a crack at this. You, it's not good enough to say, well, I don't really know, therefore I shouldn't do it. No, let's have a crack at it. What does July, August, and September look like for your business, given what you? what you saw in March and given what you're seeing at the moment and given other previous experiences of recession and, and you know, and, and how can you adjust and change and how can you make your, I've got a client at the moment that's in health, safety and hygiene, and they've already put six COVID-19 mm. services together and they've got six new clients who've taken advantage of those straight away. Yeah. Right. So they've, they've shown a, an ability to pivot and quickly and go to work. I've got another client that's in manufacturing and we currently look at making part of a ventilator for another business, right? So because ventilators are in demand, we've got great skills in silicon manufacture. So we look like we might be able to be of service. And so, you know, they might be extreme examples. Maybe you can mm. do anything like that, yeah. but what can you do? I mean, the question is, what can I do, yeah. right? And what makes sense? Now, you, so one of the things you can do is look after your customers and double down on the ones you've got who mm. are still buying. There's never been a better time to make sure that they're getting 
what they need and they know you're around. And I just want to add to that because there's been um, some changes in relation to insolvency laws in past weeks um, and um, and also to um, exposure for directors. And, and I, I think that yeah. that can be really positive, but that can also be, that can create difficulties um it also if you're letting your debtors get out of control and so now's a time to uh, my personal viewpoint is to be really focused on understanding maybe where the risks are in your client base and that's not to say to turn off services to those clients but to be understanding of where those risks are so you can categorize um your your debtors into those that might you might need to look at payment plans and work out what the future looks like for that um versus those that are going that are continuing to pay because a risk for um, even a healthy business is spending a lot of their proportion of their time on customers that may have payment difficulties over time so it's not just invoicing right it's collections as well I think that's the point yeah yeah look I think you raise a really good point which is why we've done risk assessments on all the debtors of all the businesses and that by that we just mean we sat down we went through them generally if, if you like most businesses 80% 80% of your revenue is probably coming from 20% mm. of your clients. So really, the, often this is about the top 10 or 15 or 20. And you go through them and say, okay, what market are they in? How are they being impacted? How's that likely to come through? I mean, they might be saying to you today, everything's mm. good, but you've got to go beyond that. You've got to listen to them, but then you've got to interpret and discern what might happen next because they might be telling you everything's good in good faith. But in a month's time, it might not be. So I think you've got to do a risk assessment. We did one recently with a client whereby we reckon there was of a we had a debtors of about seven million and we reckon there was about seven percent at risk now we were able to talk to the Mm. bank about that you know the bank we'd sort of done their job for them Mm. and they were reassured that we you know that that we'd done that work and that we weren't just coming asking for more money for the sake of it yeah that's generally not going to wash so you're right You've got to make some calls around around your debtors. Now, it might be that you'll get most of it, but it might take a bit longer. Yeah. And that's where you need to talk to the bank and say, look, you know, these guys are flagging them moving their terms from 30 to 90 days. Yeah. Can you help me with that? We've had a look at the risk and we think they're good for it. They're big companies. They've got, you know, that we think they're going to pay. The bank can do that. Or you can talk to your creditors mm. and you can say, look, you know, being open and honest with your creditors is really key here. I think Scott Morrison's point on Saturday was good is that the whole situation with landlords and tenants that came out yesterday is, you know, on the face of it, it looks like it's going to favour the tenants, right? Mm. Which has got to be the first time in history that's happened. But <laughs> but nevertheless, right, uh, we as tenants, if we're tenants, we've got to be proportionate and reasonable. Mm. We cannot go taking advantage of the situation. And I think we've, we've got to make some calls, but we've got to be proud of the calls we've made. Mm. And I think taking advantage of the situation is not where it's at. And I think you've got to be intelligently transparent with people and you've got to bring them along this journey. Mm. There's a journey between now and Christmas, right, that we're all going on as a community, including the business community. Yeah, and I just love, you know, I love what you're saying here, you know, the real benefit in that proactive understanding of what it's going to look like, you know, rather than just sitting there waiting to see whether your clients are paying or not, you know, taking that proactive approach and really working it out so you can plug some of those gaps proactively rather than having to deal with it reactively. And dealing with things in this environment reactively can in all seriousness, kill businesses. You know, that's that's what it's about. You know, survival 
is about having the insight and the understanding about what's coming up within your business to the extent that you can read it right now. Yes. And look, I, I am concerned that, you know, 800,000 businesses in Australia that employ less than 20 people, that I am concerned that some of them are very vulnerable and they yeah. might not make it, right? And, you know, that's that's a tragedy. My view is that if you can make it, you make it. You mentioned about the way the government have, have softened up some of the liabilities on directors through mm. the safe harbor mm. you know the redefined safe harbor i think mm. i think that's a good thing but i think we as directors have also got to be responsible and take a view on where we are and make sure that there's a logic and a pragmatism yeah. to our planning and and so that we don't start over trading and taking people with us and that's not the name of the game yeah and that's not why the safe the safe harbor's there now for us to meet the demands of an extraordinary and unique situation the likes of which most of us have never seen and and it's but it's there for that not so that you know directors don't preempt the gun and close stuff down because of the fear Mm. of of being sued right Mm. i mean Again, you're back to proportionality in all situations, and you're mm. back to practicing, you know, high, you know, a principled approach, right? Mm. You, you can't throw your ethics out the window here. Yeah. If we get it to every man for himself, it, that's we're not doing that as a community, are we? I mean, it's such a heartening thing to know that we, as a community value life much more than we do money and yeah i think you're 100 percent correct and do you you, look just anecdotally i mean there's a few things i've seen um a lot of businesses um and this is something that we're doing at the moment as well uh, reaching out to all of our clients just to do that um that temperature check how are you going you know and and i think that that's i've seen it happen um, in a number of different ways. And and also I'm seeing people on the street, like because, uh, you know, uh, that no one's in the gym, sadly, for the gyms. Um, and we've got a number of gyms who are, who are um, part of our client base. So it's a really hard time for them. But no one's in the gyms at the moment, so they're all outside. But I'm just, you, you know, so many people walking past us on the street that are waving that <laughs> never used to before. So in some yeah. ways, whilst we've got so, social isolation and massive pressures, I think humanity is shining through as well. Mm. And I think your point here is like, keep hold of that humanity as well right yes and, and look you know the, the economy is resilient people are resilient you know this is the 20th pandemic since ad 135 apparently so you know there have been other pandemics and some of them much more serious than this one in terms of loss of life so you know we will get through this one way or another but we, we you know we as a community have got to got to pause here and take a good look at how we come out of this collectively and corporately and say, okay, what are our priorities and what have we learned from this and what can we do better? I mean, isn't that the nature of life? I mean, isn't it the nature of our own personal journeys, our own business journeys? You know, I mean, so I think, you know, there will be opportunities the other side of this to have a good look at the way we do things. Yeah. All right. So let's maybe summarise this into a couple of action steps, Mike. So I guess what are we saying to business? Number one, <laughs> I love this first rule of the game, stay in the game. And by by that, we mean start making some plans. Um, yes. Sit down, yes. review your figures and start taking steps what else find a way to survive this even if what you've got is a dramatically pruned bush right it's still a bush yeah and get something that you can come back from and 
you know, you may have gone back five or 10 years. So what? You know, if get back to the essence of what your business is about and what it does in terms of its products and services and try and find a reason, a reason for being post this. And, and then you'll come back and you'll flourish if you made those, if you've had to make those dramatic, and some of us are, some of us are having to make very dramatic decisions mm. on what's got to go. But better that really than, than not taking any action and becoming a statistic really if you don't need to. So I, I think yeah. that's, a, you need a plan. You need a COVID-19 survival plan. This experience is, is so pervasive. Look at Virgin Land, Virgin. Mm. I mean, mm. I looked at their balance sheet a few weeks ago, had a billion dollars in cash. And now they're kind of putting a survival plan together yeah. as we speak. And they're doing this plan. We just need a version of that. Yeah, This is hitting everyone. But here is one of the benefits for SMEs. SMEs are at a size where generally they can pivot a lot quicker than large organisations that take a yeah. long time to, to move, yeah. you, you know, to change direction. So for SMEs, you, you know, I think it's about being innovative and working out how you can pivot. And I've seen just some incredible examples over the last week of uh, some of our clients who have really successfully pivoted and are taking advantage of new opportunities in areas that that hadn't occurred to them beforehand. So, you know, ma- yes. maybe that's a thought process as well for business. No, I, I think you're absolutely right, Joanne. And, and, you know, I've got a deep fundamental hope that, you know, no matter what gets thrown at us, small business generally seems to find a way to adapt yeah. and, and become useful. And this will be no different. So it's my argument and my, you know, what I'm urging people to do is to make sure they've got a plan and it's rational and logical. You'll feel better if you've done it. It doesn't have to be war and peace. A few slides on a PowerPoint will do as long as you've thought, thought it through. Mm. And n- know your numbers and then be able to communicate that to your stakeholders, including yeah. the bank or the staff. So I think if you can do that, then I think you're freed up cre- to get more creative, yeah. right? So you, you're getting creative from a solid base that says, right, given all that, given my survival plan, right, what can I do now that I've never thought of before? Mm. What, who can I reach out to? Where can I go next? Mm. And that's where I think we can see some of the things that you're seeing, but perhaps a bit more on a broader scale. Mm. And, and look, my view is that we're doing a bunch of things at work in the next quarter that we never get time to do, mm. right? All the things that we never get time to do, we're going to... We started doing this morning. We've got 20 things underway where, where there's no excuse not to do some of the project work that we've got a whole bunch of system stuff. We've engaged our marketers to work, work with them on our website and branding that we've, we've been ignoring for a few years. And mm. all that stuff, there's no excuse for us in our situation not to get that done. And then, you know, that planning for post-COVID-19, I don't think there's a minute to waste, really. Mm. Mm. Be ready for the uptick. That's what. Well, that's what I'm. Let's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying from the optimist perspective. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Let's get ready and let's come out swinging with both hands. Yeah. And uh, let's find a. You know. Let's recreate a new future. I love it, Mike. Um, this has been absolutely fabulous. I just want to say a massive thank you for coming on to Talking Law. Um, now, if any of our listeners want to get in touch and get some assistance with, with that action planning, how can they get in contact with you? Sure. Look, you can go to our website, oasisma.com.au. You can email me, michael at oasisma.com.au. I think you'll, you'll provide some links. So We will, absolutely. You know, we, we, we love to hear from anyone that wants to have a chat about you know what they might be able to do if we can be of service great if not let's just have a chat 
<laughs> You've got some time. <laughs> yeah, Not, more time you're busy than we did. On all your projects. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Love it, Mike. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joanna. That's it for this episode of Talking Law, focusing on the first rule of the game, which of course is to stay in the game. If you'd like more information about this topic or if you're the sort of person who likes to see um, a transcript of podcast episode, then just head over to our website at www.talkinglaw.com. And at that website and in our show notes where you're listening to this podcast, you'll also be able to find details of how to contact Michael McGrath at Oasis M&A if you would like any assistance with creating an action plan for your own business. And in the show notes and on our website, you'll also be able to find out how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you would like any assistance in your business in dealing with leases or landlords, dealing with employment issues that may be appearing at the moment in relation to stand downs, redundancies or leave, or if you'd like any assistance on dealing with contracts, contract termination, or also debt recovery. We have our team of legal eagles ready and waiting to assist. And so you can find out on our website at talkinglaw.com.au or over at Aspect Legal. .com.au. We have a number of ways that you can make contact with our legal legals at Aspect Legal or line up a free initial discussion with our team. I just want to say a massive thank you to you for listening in today. And I just want to take this opportunity to send my very best wishes to you wherever you are, whatever your business is going through right at the moment. I know it's a really difficult time for so many businesses out there with so much uncertainty, but we're really right behind you and doing all that we can to um, pave the way for all of our clients, eventual rebound and future success uh, post the end of this whole coronavirus debacle. Well, that's a wrap. Wishing you to stay safe and to stay strong in your business. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Are you looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at Aspect legal.com.au to book in a time for a free discussion with one of our lawyers. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au. Thank you.